like really flush faced like so red that my face would just feel numb um, I get the shakes when you kind of find yourself just trying to go to sleep and you're just kind of thinking about them and then you're like stop that like you're trying to shut your brain up I mean I can still maintain a human kind of hey how's it going kind of uh, I don't know conversation but yeah inside it's just like bouncing off the walls it's a bit difficult for me when I have a crush on someone because mm, my automatic response to having a crush on someone is just pure hatred just I hate having a crush on someone I don't want to do it so I just get mad the Oxford English Dictionary defines a crush as a brief but intense infatuation for someone especially someone unattainable But to me, a crush can mean a lot more than that. I think you can have crushes for a short time. You can have crushes on people that are real, people that are fictional. The great thing about crushes is there aren't any rules because a lot of the time, crushes just exist in your own head. I think sometimes crush can actually get mean fantasy, kind of like in imaginary world. It can be a hysterical teenage obsession with a clean-cut boy band or your secret feelings that you may harbour for your sixth-class teacher. Crushes are such a universal experience, and I'm going to explore it in this programme. This is an exercise in nostalgia and embarrassment, and I hope you'll join me in recollecting your own personal crush history. My name is Alison Spill. I'm from Westmead, and I am a comedian. I'm Robbie Mullins. I'm a third-year photography student in IADT. I'm Valerie Loftus, and I'm a journalist with DailyEdge.ie. I'm Louise Bruton, and I'm a freelance journalist, and I also write the Legless in Dublin blog. My name's Neve Murda. I'm 22 years old, and I'm a final-year student. Childhood crush of the Aaron Carter, and that would be very non-sexual. Ryan Felipe from Cruel Intentions. So I think that was like a coming-of-age moment. I used to really fancy Malcolm from Malcolm in the Middle and I was convinced Frankie Muniz would end up being my boyfriend. It's like, all I need to do is go to America, um, no state specifically, just go to America and he'd find me and think I was wonderful. Yeah, I was really into Green Day. Harry Judd, the drummer from McFly, I loved him. Like, loved him and then my friend Amory, she loved Danny. So clearly, we were going to move to London and like find them and like fall in love with them. Just it was a, it was just space and time. That was the only thing stopping us. Space and time. For many of us, boy bands are like the gateway crush of your childhood. From the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC to One Direction. These non-threatening dreamboats are purpose-engineered to be swooned over. Yeah, you kind of almost want to be them as well. It's not just, it's not just, you know, you want to be with them. You do want to like have their, have their life a small bit and like be on stage or have loads of fans or I don't know, just be creating stuff. quite calculated about boy bands where the only information that's given out is all of these great things about them kind of like this is Harry he loves puppies and he loves long walks on the beach so all the girls are like so do I that's amazing we have so much in common the questions were like so what do you look for in a girl and it would always be these really vague things like oh she has to have a pretty smile they all would have had to deny that they had girlfriends or in the case of 
one in five boy band members actually turned out to be gay. And then all these girls over the world can just identify with these really vague descriptions and they're like, that's it. Me and Rodan and Keating are going to be together forever. Boys and girls, when they're like going through puberty, 13 years old, you're all feeling the exact same hormones, the exact same emotions. You're coming into your sexuality. But like for girls, it's not the same as it is for boys. Because like when boys are 13, you kind of just assume... They are, they're just kind of assumed sexual beings. We just assume that they want sex. They've all these new hormones. They don't know what the hell they are. They see a really attractive boy, a boy that's way more attractive than any other boy that they'll come across in real life because, you know, celebrities versus real people is, isn't an even, an even battle. So, like, boys have all of these avenues that are very sexual avenues that they can look into and feel okay in. Girls don't have that when they're 14 years old. I think I was attracted to their talent as well. Um, that was a big thing for me, like, boys and bands. Like, it's the talent and the, you know, the uh, the kind of lifestyle that was um, very interesting to me. And, like, the hysteria hasn't died down in any shape or form, but now, say, like, One Direction, they're, what age? they're between, like, 18 and 23 or whatever. And... They don't really do kind of interviews like that anymore. They're more about the music. <laughs> like I say that really loosely, because the music's terrible. I have to disagree with Louise and confess to you all that I am, in fact, a fan of One Direction. I think I liked One Direction almost by osmosis because of my sister being such a huge fan of them. There was like fan merchandise all over the house. I started to read the books that she had on them. I started to watch YouTube videos. Hi, we're One Direction. And then I found myself waking up one day and realising that I was a fan. I was a fan of One Direction, I was a fan of a boy band. Fads pass me and I never know what's going on. Like, I don't know what movies are out, I don't know what song is at number one. So they, these people completely passed me, didn't know their names. And then just literally one day I was procrastinating and didn't want to do a piece of work. And you know on YouTube they do weird suggestions and stuff, it was like... One Direction 40 minute interview so for some reason I was like yeah I'll watch a 40 minute interview with One Direction and by the end of it I was just like okay so this is my life now so this is what's happening are so funny and they're having so much fun and they're just so young and full of youth and it's also a bit like but I could know them like they were on X Factor they're just ordinary boys I could know them but then you realise no you couldn't they're not ordinary boys at all they're megastars but they're pretending to be ordinary boys In terms of keeping up with their imaginary boyfriend or girlfriend, the internet has become a huge facilitator for people pining after somebody. We've all found ourselves sneakily creeping on the Instagrams and Twitters of people we like, trying not to accidentally like anything that they posted months ago. I love Instagram for stalking. I find it really, um, really satisfying because, you know, you've got the like perfect, you know, combination of like stuff they did 
stuff they wore, stuff they like went to and their face. So it's great. And like it's usually very like easy, you know, you don't have to jump through any hoops or, you know, have any mutual friends or anything like that to do it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible of it. Like, and it's like going back on people I used to like ages ago just to see what they're at. Like, I do that all the time. My first ever crush, when I look at him now, I'm like, oh dear, because he's turned into a massive like rugby player and he's like hairy and I'm like, I, yeah, that wouldn't be my type at all now. Like, so I'm like, and it's not that I dodged a bullet, I'm sure I would have still liked to get with him when I was, th- when I was, you know, when I was 14 or something. But like now I'm like, no, it's actually, it's actually fine. You know, you're grand. Thinking of how intensely I did feel about those bands, I don't know what it would have been like if that intensity was also coupled with the fact that there were mediums with which it could feel as though Harry Judd was talking directly to me. But I don't know what that would have been like. Especially because even now, at 22 years old, when I discovered like One Direction or Five Seconds of Summer or whatever, even at 22, I kind of feel that way. Like, not in the same way, but that kind of feeling that they are talking to you or they are messaging directly you when YouTube and all that kind of stuff does make it slightly more intense. Some people, however, have cut creeping out of their lives entirely. Yeah, I actually put a rule on myself not to do that. Um, I did that years because I, I, I think I was actually obsessive when it came to crushes. Like my, I have a really overactive imagination, so I could create. Say if I fancied someone called like Tom, I could just create this whole relationship that we'd have, and like it'd be insane. And I wouldn't really know anything about their personality. I just like actually created a fictional person, but attached it to their face. So that's so I had to I when it came to like MySpace and then Bebo and now Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, I do not look at their accounts whatsoever. And I don't know when I put that rule on myself, but I don't I just don't do it because I always have this like little fear that they'll be able to find out that I was like stalking them. So yeah, and I, I just, yeah, that's a real, it's a, a crazy real, but it stops further insanity. Internet was became like a really big thing when I was at the end of primary school, started secondary school. So like MSN, Messenger and that kind of thing. So when you saw that your crush was online, you would suddenly change songs so there'd be a cooler song and they could see Louise is listening to this song. It changed my status kind of immediately so that they would kind of see like activity on my account and be like, oh, maybe I'll chat to Louise. So I think that was one element of just being insane and thinking that these little things are what make people notice you. When you're finished stalking, what about the strategies you employ to get somebody to notice you? I think I'm still like a 10 year old in my head, like a 10 year old tomboy where I'm like, no, liking people is stupid. Only girls like people. I'm too cool and too tough to have a crush on them. I like beat boys up. Like the fact that I fancied you meant that I was going to punch you because I hated the fact that I fancied you. If anything, I would be more aggressive towards the people that I had crushes on. one lad I fancied and um, I would I would like uh, slag off all the bands that he liked because that made me interesting in my head (laughs) and uh, you know um, I would I would ignore him which didn't work either Uh, (laughs) yeah that's what I did I was just really 
really over the um, kind of combative with, with lads I liked. If the aggression as a faction technique doesn't pan out well, why not try a tip from a teen magazine to capture your crush's heart? I'm sure that'll work out well. I used to be bad for like, you know, hoarding those uh, little tips in my brain and be like, okay, I'm definitely going to use this at some stage. But in the end, it just ended up being more like silly things, like pretending to like stuff. I think girls are really, really guilty of this sometimes when they like someone, they'll go, oh yeah, I love like Pantera or something like, you know, just because, you know, the guy loves it. I read one when I was probably about like 10 or something and I probably kept doing it up until the last five years, which was take your watch off, place it on the table. If he picks it up and puts it down, he's kind of interested in you. If he puts it on, he loves you. If he doesn't touch it, he's not interested in you at all. So that was a really weird thing that I used to do for years. I think it was like just 17 or something or sugar or big that I read it in. And I thought that that was true, but then when you're older as well, you kind of realise that magazines are just trying to fill up space. Like, it's just word counts. There's also the phenomenon of having a crush on a stranger from afar. They might work in a shop you buy your coffee in, or go to the same bus shop as you every morning. These crushes often take on an almost mythological status as you build your life together with this complete stranger whose name you don't even know. Actually, there's one guy, I'm sure someone else has probably mentioned him, Ticketmaster Boy. Have you ever heard of him? Yeah, so he... (laughs) So everyone loved him in Stephen's Green and so many people hooked up with him as well. But but it was just a crazy... He was one of those people that... He, he might not have been the most interesting person in the world, but because he was associated with being really cool and into the best music and had really cool clothes from London that you couldn't get in like Eager Beaver in Tempo Bar, we just kind of had him on this like pedestal. There's a guy that comes in and everyone just calls him Thor and he... Um like even my my straight friend Steve was like you know blushing at at his tail because he was just like hi what can what can I get you because <laughs> he's literally like he's just this giant six foot five kind of Zeus looking guy and uh, everyone just kind of swoons over him when he comes in so it's funny he even has effect on like effect on the guys because he's so like lovely and charming um, so yeah he's we, like nobody knows who he is but yeah just has uh, he he's memorable well give him that. So what about friend crushes, platonic crushes? Is it possible to have crush-like feelings for your friends, that same feeling of excitement and connection, without the romantic element? That's just the same thing as a crush, except without the attraction. So, like, I mean, if you... Like, festivals are, like, key example. You know, you just meet up with someone, and because you're at a festival, you're kind of on the same buzz, and you're kind of on, like you know, you're all out there to just experience whatever. So you, you bump into someone and you start talking about the same kind of music and you're like, oh my God, we have to hang out again. So I get, you probably don't get the same nervous feelings, but I still think you get the same, um, yeah, attraction, friendship attraction, I guess. 
yeah I've loads of there's loads of girls that I like think are really cool um, that I like w- kind of aspire to be a small bit or respect uh, like what they do or like you know what they're like I mean I'm not going to name names just in case but uh, you know there's some girls who are like they take no can I say no shit yeah they take no shit and I really respect that because sometimes I, I do take shit definitely think you can have I don't know if it's a crush though because I feel like a crush kind of has like an obsessive element to it in a weird way whereas I feel like you can like want to like squeeze your friend's face because you love them but like it's not like a thing of like I feel like with a crush there's more of like an internal craving about it like there's more of an internal like notice me like that kind of like kind of intenseness to it whereas I don't think you feel that with someone that you admire that you just respect because you're not like notice me please about someone that you just think is a cool person I think as you get older you can really respect kind of qualities that your friends have and you can understand how they would work really well in a relationship so you'd be like oh they'd be wonderful but they're my friend so that's kind of like a block on them like there's a few of my male friends now that I'm like I'm sure they're just wonderful boyfriends but not for me so I think in a way that is you can yeah you can have a crush on your friends but not want anything sexually from it I suppose 90% of the crushes I've had uh, on people that I know or on uh, celebrities and stuff are not romantic at all but because they're so strong you think they're romantic friendships are underrated for many people the first crush they have is in the classroom they lock eyes with someone over a tub of chubby crayons share a club milk together a little break Valerie's first crush was a classroom romance the longest crush I ever had was went from when I was like seven to when I was about 13. <laughs> um, I don't remember, I remember I was in I was in class, I think it must have been about first class or something, and I looked over at like one of the boys in the class and just went, oh, and I just remember the feeling. I remember going, I remember going, oh, he's nice. He was new in the school. Um, he came, his family had lived in Hong Kong for a while. Um, so we kind of had that like exotic kind of quality like all the other lads are just boring compared to like I'd held on to this for about two years so like kept it a secret and I was at a sleepover with the two of my closest friends um, at the time I was about 10 and we were all like okay let's tell each other secrets and I was like girls I fancy Ross and they all went we, we fancy Ross too <laughs> And all of us, all of us liked him. Every girl in the class. It was so embarrassing. I thought I was like the only one carrying a torch. So I had so much competition. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I was friends with him a little bit, but it was more like me just being like a real dork around him all the time and him just kind of putting up with me. I never like went out with him, never kissed him or anything like that. But my my friend did and I was absolutely raging um, because she knew, she knew I liked him. The other girls had kind of moved on, but I hadn't. Like Valerie, Robbie spent his childhood and teen years nursing voracious crushes. And also like Valerie, his crushes were on boys. Yeah, my, my first crush was the Backstreet Boys thing. So sitting on my sister's lap in the, uh, the playroom and she was pointing out her favourite being Nick. And then I just remember like rating the five of their faces in my mind. Five-year-old Robbie mind. 
I meant he's my favorite. And my other sister was like, that's so gay. And I'm like, oh. Um, no, I think I, I think I fancy everyone once I meet, meet them at, the, at like the first time I meet them. Um, and then I let them let me down. <laughs> when I was in primary school and I wrote down in my homework journal that I loved Ross. And um, I, I remember I had written, just literally, I love Hart Ross. And my, uh, my teacher had to write in a, didn't do my homework kind of thing into like a, I had to send home to my parents. So she was like, give me your homework journal. And I was like, okay, there you go. And she opened it and she just said, I love Ross. And I just grabbed it off her. And she goes, I saw that. And I was like, no, you didn't. Um, so I guess that was pretty embarrassing and that stayed with me because I was only maybe a 10 or something. And people always, I remember answering people's questions being like, when did you know you were gay? And I always used to say, like, I came out at, I came out at 19, so I'd say I knew when I was 16, but I think I just really have always known. I, like, you know, fancying lads in school, it was kind of the, the football lads, the, the, the jocks, and you'd be like, yeah, you know, you'd be so great if you weren't such a dickhead. The kind of people that I'd initially initially fancy and then you kind of become friends with and you're like I oh, know yeah, they're straight I'm gay there's, there's, no, there's no need for this because it's not going to develop into anything so I think that kind of nips it in the bud which is great as well because I know a lot of gay friends that fall for straight lads and it's, it's heartbreaking to watch because it's like you know it's not going to it's not going to become anything I would go out with girls that I thought I would fancy or I should fancy and like I, ha- I would like people would be like oh you know Clara really likes you and I'm like Clara's a really good looking girl, so I should go out with Clara. I should go like on a date with Clara or whatever. And then I did. You know, you'd score and you'd go and go to the cinema and all that kind of stuff and you'd be like, huh, we could be great friends. I think that as a teenager, you often use your crushes as a way to cope with how weird and awkward a time it is during those years. You're channeling your own issues as a teenager into this person. You're channeling your low self-esteem, your fear for the future, everything into this one person that you think will make everything better. Alison had her own particular obsession, and I'll let her tell you about it. Like, massive infatuation would be Marcy. I've seen him live loads of times when I was a teenager. I went over to the UK to see him, because I've got divorced parents. One lives over in the UK, so... I would always, I would always try and sort my visits with my dad for whenever Morrissey was playing near. Three years, every bit of pocket money went towards getting the Smiths or Morrissey or anything with his, um, anything with his face on it. I have two pieces of a shirt um, that he would throw a shirt out into the audience and it smelt of patchouli oil and man. So when he'd throw out his shirt, you'd catch it, but like, there'd be 30 year old guys like elbowing you in the face and I'm holding onto it with my teeth and grabbing onto it. And like, eventually a security guy will come over and go, oh, Jesus, what's wrong with you? And we're like, I'm not letting go. And someone eventually gets a pair of keys and cuts it off. And... I met this girl at a concert. We were chatting. We both realized that we both wanted to kidnap Morrissey. We wanted him to to sing songs about us. That's what we wanted. I didn't want to have sex with him. I don't think I did. Probably. I don't know. I never. I never really computed it. I wanted Morrissey to write a song about me. 
we were gonna kidnap him we we're just gonna throw a sheet over him and bundle him into a taxi like that was the plan and then go to her house because she had a, she didn't have parents remember i did so we were just gonna we we're just gonna tie him to a chair and each of us would keep watch we thought it would be about two weeks until he'd crack and write a song about us so that was the that was the plan there And someone told told me this a few months ago because I was chatting about this, and they said you were using Marcy as a shield from from real things, and I was. I used Marcy as a as a some sort of some form of blanket to go. I don't need a boyfriend. I get all my emotional needs from this guy. Crushes are a part of life and a part of growing up. Boy I love must wear checkered fans, must wear those stupid shorts that just go below the knee and wear like three belts at once and love jackass. Jackass must be the most important show for them. They can be mortifying, awkward and even painful. They can also be the most exciting thing. Everyone knows the rush of feelings that comes with a crush. Telling your friends and saying, oh, I talked to him today is like, the biggest help in the world you know because if somebody's like you know understands how much it like means to you to talk to someone and at least at the end of it all you have some good stories to tell fun is like should be well fun and getting a job they should be like your two top things because when you're older fun isn't going to always be in your top three of things that you need to do so I just kind of I've kind of let loose a little bit and I'm just having fun with my friends now as opposed to fixating on some guy and like staying awake till like three, four, five in the morning just thinking of all the things that we could do together if you just looked at me. <laughs> and I love hearing about childhood crushes as well and um, about like different things people did to, to get people to notice them because it's just funny because you've, you've grown up, you've learned, you're hopefully different. It's nice to kind of look back on the time when you're a little bit stupider. So we've learned that crushes can manifest themselves in many different ways. From beating the object of your affections up to scouring their social media in the middle of the night like some modern lunatic Sherlock Holmes. People do ridiculous things when they have a crush. Common sense, reason and logic take a backseat. But that to me is part of the fun. <laughs> <laughs>